Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 The Answer, Columbus, 94.5 The Answer in Dayton. We greet our Dayton listeners. Many of you finding the show for the first time invite you to participate in our conversation anytime via the phone, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Email bruce at salemmedia.com, bruce at salemmedia.com. We tend to divide our news into international, national, and local categories, um, but they are all interconnected and intertwined, even when they are seemingly unrelated. Uh, Today, our president, excuse me, today, the president, Joe Biden is in Buffalo, New York. That's where he should be. Uh, a president in a situation like the horrific uh, racially charged attack that killed 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket calls for a leader to interact with the families whose lives were devastated by this horrific event. And we as a nation cry out for a leader who will calm, cast a vision for the future, and bring down the temperature that clearly in this 18-year-old shooter's mind uh, grew unspeakably unspeakably, um, out of control. Likewise, we have a local story today about the Olentangy School District prioritizing the desires of one person over those of many more. And what I see in that story is the same kind of delusion that led to, in a much grander way, Grander not being at all complimentary, but being, um, you know, a reflection on the scope of the tragedy in Buffalo, a, a, a much, much bigger issue in Buffalo because we traffic in our schools now in identifying people, labeling people, grouping people, not looking at the individual. Uh, this is a show and will always be a show as long as I have it that views life through a biblical prism. God establishes truth. I don't. I do my best to apply God's truth to the issues of the day. I try not to overwhelm uh, you, my listener, with uh, express references to the Bible too often because I recognize that a lot of you don't order your life that way. But God's truth doesn't change whether you recognize it or not. It's still the truth, at least in the eyes of the person speaking to you now. And so that'll always be my prism. 
And God demonstrated his love for everyone in that he sent Jesus Christ to redeem us from our sin at the cross. God does not view us by the color of our skin or by our ethnic heritage or by our sex or any way other than he wants a relationship with us and he sent his son into the world to foster that relationship, to demonstrate his love. Clearly, we see throughout our world today a lack of respect for each other, a lack for the sanctity of life, both in Buffalo and in the abortion offices around the country, and in the way that we treat each other. So I hope Joe Biden today exceeds my expectations, vastly exceeds my expectations. I hope uh, if he speaks in Buffalo that he will not use this as an opportunity to further the accusation, the lie, in my opinion, that his political opponents caused what happened in Buffalo by the views that we have, which are against things like intersectionality, instruction in schools that certain groups are oppressed and others are oppressors. Because I think Joe Biden has potential today to, as the leader of our country, calm a very volatile situation. But if he goes down the road that many in his party and many in, well, not many, but some, notably Liz Cheney, talked about, although I know you're saying she's not really a Republican, Bruce. Yes, I get it. She, and she won't be a Republican elected official long. Uh, she's definitely a lame duck facing a primary in August, and she'll be out of office by next year. There's absolutely no doubt of that in my mind. But Biden could go into Buffalo today. He could express empathy, and he could... Brand this shooter for what this shooter was, a demented, disturbed, mentally ill, hate-filled person who became enslaved to a twisted ideology that ended 10 beautiful lives. Joe Biden could talk about things that lead to that kind of tragedy and how imperative it is for it is for us all to not engage in labeling to not engage in demonizing based upon outward appearance based on political ideology that we listen that we get to know each other that we at least respect each other but it's okay to disagree with each other and that would accomplish a noble purpose of de-escalating the tensions that are out there. But his party and he have shown no interest in that pretty much over the last six years. And I'm being charitable because I could say that that political strategy, and make no mistake, it is a political strategy. We now know that Ultra MAGA came from a dumb, although well-financed, 
PR strategy. Uh, this was pretty much unique to Barack Obama in his second term, or at least typical of Barack Obama in his second term. So if if Joe Biden today mentioned Charlottesville and the lie that Donald Trump extolled very fine people without condemning white supremacy, if Biden today talks about the attacks on his policies as motivated by hateful rhetoric rooted in racism in the Republican Party, then he's doing without a gun in his hand without literally ending anyone's life, he's doing the exact same kind of destructive thing that this shooter did. Biden just hasn't taken it to the extreme level as the shooter. And so any school out there right now, any administrator, any librarian, any teacher that is playing up the differences between boys, girls, LGBTQ people, whatever, and making one side feel like they don't matter at all or one side is being hateful toward the other, you're, you're, you're engaging in the exact same kind of division. Division of all types leads to destruction. Sometimes it's more devastating than others. Buffalo is particularly devastating. The snuffing out of human life with the pull of a trigger is the ultimate devastation. But as we preach this, they're evil because they think differently than me kind of attitude, unless it's rooted in, you know, true demonic activity like violating God's sovereign laws and truth that is truly demonic when you're trying to suck people into that kind of an ideology that is demonic I will argue that to the end of time but mere political differences are just that mere political differences we can argue policies and we can argue impact and we can argue results And there's nothing wrong with standing up for your views that you treasure and advocate for and believe in. But when mere disagreement is cited as something other than mere disagreement, that it's it's viewed as some kind of deep individual failing, well, not everybody has the moral fiber and intelligence to handle that in a productive way and it spills over into things like we saw in buffalo so we'll see what biden says today i'm hopeful but not optimistic dr ben carson part of the donald trump cabinet a guest last night on Special Report asked about the shooting in Buffalo that killed 10. The shooter prioritized killing black people because he's a racist, a demented, demonic racist. How he was 
someone who arrived at this position. Many different reasons. The uh, fact is he did, and the fact is he ruined his own life and many, many others. And we see this all too often. It gets enormous and immediate reaction from the media when it fits the narrative that uh, the Republican Party is a racist party, one that is against immigration, one that is oppressive. It doesn't get nearly as much attention uh, and is almost immediately buried by other headlines when it does not tell that particular story. Uh, Here is Ben Carson offering his thoughts on Buffalo and why we continue to get these kinds of circumstances and, sadly, why we will likely continue to get them. Well, obviously, it's a tragedy, and our hearts go out to the families and the people who've been injured. But, you know, why should we be terribly surprised when, in recent years, we've made everything revolve back to race? And we begin to emphasize the differences between us rather than the similarities and the things that we have in common. We start to teach our children that the most important determinant of what happens to you in life is the color of your skin. We create resentment. We create guilt. Uh, so, you know, I expect to see more of these kinds of things if we continue down that road. We need to fight it vigorously and help people understand that we can build our future on past mistakes and hatred, or we can build our future on the tremendous success that this country has had. Yeah, it would be a great decision to do the latter and not to do the former, but it appears that our leaders, or many of them at least, want to do the former. Here is Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Over the weekend, the bodies in Buffalo were not yet cold when Chuck Schumer saw a chance to stand taller by standing on them. These hard-right MAGA Republicans argue that people of color in minority communities are somehow posing a threat, a threat to the American way of life. This is replacement theory in a nutshell. It is dangerous and a deeply anti-American worldview. So he's lying there because what he is conflating with racism and saying that minorities are a threat to American life is the justifiable objection of parents around the country in schools to things like critical race theory, social-emotional learning, and the like. Because a recent study by the executive search firm Corn Ferry found that more than three-quarters of uh, companies in America have, since the death of George Floyd in May of 2020, hired chief diversity officers or someone who fills the role of viewing everything that happens in a company through the prism of race. Are we doing enough to balance our hiring racially? Not in terms of expertise, not in terms of ability, but in terms of race. We see it in our schools. Most notably, uh, the Olentangy School District, which we have talked about a lot on this show uh, since becoming aware of the uh, degree of poison in that district, in the DEI lane, uh, they have uh, an entire DEI committee 
and DEI officers in every school. And recently, their DEI committee held a meeting at which several parents attended and questioned them about an agenda item they had in, and I quote, restorative discipline. Restorative discipline. Now, you may be under the impression that your school board in your particular district enacts school policy. That's ideally how it's supposed to work because your school board members are elected by you, the voters. But in Olentangy, and I fear in other districts, they have empowered these DEI officers who, let's face it, have a really good gig. They're making six figures to see things through the prism of race. So my guess is that their human nature would not want them to eliminate the need for their own position by eliminating seeing things throughout the district through the prism of race. So this particular committee came up with a way to ingrain, and I quote, restorative discipline without having to go through the board until the parents asked about it. This dovetails with critical race theory. This dovetails with social-emotional learning. Oh, that sounds so innocuous, doesn't it? Social-emotional learning. What is that about? Well, it's about developing the whole child. Gee, who could be against developing the whole child? I mean, we don't want our kids to be partially developed, do we? They want to impact their values, their attitudes, and their beliefs. Uh Uh-oh, now we're in a danger zone. Because if you're a parent, you would like to be the overwhelming authority when it comes to the values, attitudes, and beliefs of your child. That is your responsibility as a parent. So when the schools get in the way of that, and when they enact initiatives like social-emotional learning and restorative discipline through their DEI committees, that's when we're in a danger zone. Because what do you think they're going to ingrain in these kids via DEI? Hey, you're born this color, you either have an advantage or you are disadvantaged. You have this particular sexual orientation. Uh, You are either bigoted or you are oppressed. And so if we have these empowered people in our schools to ingrain these kinds of attitudes in our kids, should we be surprised that one of them twists it around, magnifies it, shapes it, molds it into the kind of hatred that transpired over the weekend in Buffalo? You can say, wow, that's a big leap. I don't think it's a big leap at all. Because kids' brains are not, in terms of reason, fully developed until they're 25. So if we're feeding them these nonsense ideas, and by that I mean they make no sense, not that they're silly or untargeted, then we can expect what we got.